Okay, good morning, everybody. It feels very good to be back at St. John's again. Uh, I hope it's okay if I refer to it as St. John's meeting. Um, uh, I came here a number of years ago, uh, and um, it just always feels wonderful to come back. And thank you for inviting me to talk about step seven. That's one of my favorite steps, so it hit the mark. Um, first, just a few facts about me personally to kind of set the stage. Um, as I said, I came to OA 23 years ago, and uh, I came to, actually, I came to St. John's. I went to a meeting in upstairs. It was a great big meeting, and everybody was sitting around in a circle. I was very intimidated. I didn't know anybody. Um, uh, and everyone else seemed to know each other. Um, I, I, but I didn't leave. That was the important part. I didn't leave because I was desperate. Uh, I was looking for a solution to my eating problem because dieting and pills were no longer controlling it for me. Um, and I'd heard about OA from other people. I went online and got a little information and um, I decided to give it a try. And I was scared that night. Um, I did have a lot of, of years of therapy before I came to OA, you know, on and off over the years that helped me a great deal um, and helped me understand my dysfunctional family and uh, maybe my role in, the, in their dynamics. But therapy didn't heal me from my addictive behavior. And my addictive behavior was with food and codependency. This is over the years, love and sex, uh, overwork. Um, and, and Al-Anon. Um, added to the problem of food was that I was working myself to death and uh, I was very tired and the fatigue just exacerbated my food problem. Later I learned in OA that I was missing two pretty important components of uh, abstinence and, uh, uh, and, a, and a meaningful life. And that was an emotional component and a spiritual component. I had neither really. Uh, which if they had existed in my life in some kind of real way would have helped me uh, work on recovery, which I so desperately wanted. Fortunately, the 12-step pro pro process did dovetail very well with therapy. It kind of reiterated much of, that I had learned uh, in some ways. Um, therapy and the 12 steps, for instance, helped me identify my part in, in what happened to me prior to coming to OA and to begin the behavioral change uh, where necessary. And that change, as we all know, keeps going on and it's never gonna end. I'm gonna work it till I die, I'm sure. Just as important, I had to learn, uh, and it helped, they helped me learn to accept and turn over to higher power once I identified higher power, uh, what I couldn't control or change. Those are big, big factors in my life, all my life. He and my work over that 23 years was uh, were some insights, really important insights, as it turned out, and even important from its, the standpoint of step seven. Um, I learned that my parents and family um, were had had uh, helped me to forgive and had helped me to uh, to accept that I make mistakes. They made mistakes. They loved me anyway. They were proud of me anyway, in spite of what I believed, in spite of my actions, that you could be loved even so. Um, 
and just learning that they love me because I didn't really believe that they love me. And I think no, that knowledge or that belief uh, helps a person uh, come to grips with what they need to. I came to the, this realization later by acknowledging that they simply love me in imperfect ways and in crazy ways sometimes. I didn't understand that they were loving me that way, but they were. In turn, that opened the door to accept their shortcomings. And when I could accept their shortcomings, I could accept my own. Lo and behold, that awareness was key in learning to love and accept my authentic self with all my imperfections and all my mistakes and all my warts. Who would have thunk it? I was actually lovable in spite of them, in spite of my imperfections. The lesson was clearly that my humanity included the good, the bad, and the ugly, uh, a condition I think we all share probably at some time or another. The best news was once I accepted my authentic self, I could begin the process of transforming my shortcomings or my character defects with the help of higher power, and I could transform them actually into assets, into attributes by working the steps of the program. I was no longer trapped in hell once I started, and I started to have hope and began my step seventh, my step seventh leg of my OA journey um, toward self-insight, acceptance, gratitude, change, and the other parts of humility with higher power this time in the driver's seat, not me. Okay, step seven, humbly asked him to remove my shortcomings. Like most steps, step seven is a culmination, you know, as you know, of the previous steps, which means that I had done a written, a thorough written inventory that first go round. Uh, step four, I reviewed it with my sponsor or a trusted friend, step five. And from what for me was a laborious, believe me, it took me forever, excavation from looking at my past relationships, I drew up a long list of uh, personal behavioral patterns, um, shortcomings or character defects, as we sometimes call them. Some people call them character defaults that were still causing me harm. When I sat back with my sponsor and we looked at my huge long list that I had brainstormed from all the, my inventory, she said, Bev, she said, you, you probably need to condense this into your top 10, which I did. So I still have my top 10, but I keep replacing them with others. Um, I took each one and I used the spot inventory method, the four, two, what did that care each character defect do for me and what did it to me to analyze if, if it was calling uh causing harm and what my part in it was um based on the belief that i have a part in everything i i don't know over the years as i've worked more and more with the concept of my part and things i see that there isn't isn't a lot out there good or bad that i don't have a part in if i just look at it closely enough I also double-checked them for, you know, am I totally powerless over this? Do I need to accept it and turn it over to my higher power? Can I do it now? And so forth uh, for a later resolution. So it's an ongoing project for me. Um, seeing them on that page all laid out, 
nakedly almost. Um, you know, it didn't seem quite as bad as I thought it was going to. Um, I've heard that that happens to other people too. Um, the, uh, the, the, some of them were petty. Some of them were blatantly mortifying, and and if I they did if they went unchecked, were very harmful to me and my the people around me. I saw that they had served a purpose. I felt okay that I had adopted them to begin with as a young person, because I realized that I needed those behaviors to survive, uh, to to get through some difficult situation as I was growing up and as a young adult. Uh, but I didn't need them anymore. I mean, I didn't have the replacement. I didn't have the answer, but I knew that I could do this a different way according to what I was reading in the program and learning from higher power. Wow, I thought, oh, and then I got very excited. I got very gung-ho. That's the way I am about things. Oh my God, I know what they are. I mean, I'm not in a blind closet here anymore. And um, and I wanted to banish them immediately, of course. That's, that's a, the addict talking. Uh, but no such luck as you well know. So I took step six. I said a prayer to my higher power, which was witnessed by my sponsor, um, and uh, said to higher power, I'm now willing and ready for you to remove my shortcomings. Okay, so this got me to the most important part, I think, of step seven, which is an attitude of humility, which I think is the spiritual part of the program. And I didn't know much about humility before coming to OA, um, but it's made a huge difference. It's made change possible. So why humility? Because I can't remove my character defects by myself. You know, I can't be in control of this. Uh, that's one of the th biggest things I've learned in the program. It's a spiritual change that I'm looking to to make. Um, re removing my character defects is a process of change. It doesn't happen overnight. It's a process, and I have to build patience for it. And it requires that I shine a light or I focus on my behavior, on my part, and admit to myself and others when I have done harm through these kinds of behaviors. I can't leave a behavior alone. I can't just not do anything about it if I'm gonna change. I've gotta face it and I've gotta figure out a way with higher powers guidance uh, to change. But I'm gonna change it when I do into an appropriate, acceptable behavior. And I'm, later I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the ideas I've learned over the years to, to help me do that. Because, you know, really there is nothing more difficult than behavioral change. I can't think of a single thing I've done in my life that is harder, more difficult, but most important than behavioral change. Um, <clears throat> my focus during change requires that I connect to what we now call authentic self. We talk about it in meetings and so forth. And I've learned to believe that this authentic self is the person inside of me who doesn't need to hide behind my part, who doesn't, who can face my part or engage in behavior like blaming or lying, status seeking, controlling others, self-righteousness, being perfect or promoting low self-esteem. And instead is always looking for truth, truth in order to try and change what is wrong truth in order to live a mean, more meaningful life. 
higher power believes and supports the authentic self in me because she wants me to be the best that I can be. That I can forgive my mistakes, that I can forgive my imperfections as part of my humanity without having a nervous breakdown. Bottom line for me, an attitude of humility is the catalyst that makes that personal change possible. Uh, and also allows me to see, you know, for the first time in my life that I'm neither above nor below anybody else. I was always ranking myself. Ranking actually is part of my character defects because for some reason I have this great need to do that. And now I know that I, I shouldn't. Um, and that I have to work within higher powers time frame, that this isn't going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in my my time frame. No pulling up plants before they've had a chance to grow, but follow the golden mean and balance in all aspects of my life. So what is this process of behavioral change? I do find, I did find, particularly the first go around, that this kind of change or this opportunity was very exciting to me. I'm kind of like that. I'm a high drama queen and anytime I can make any task exciting, I get it done better or faster. And I, I especially, I was especially excited because I could see something that I hadn't been able to see. And I was so afraid to try and find out what these were. I prayed a lot. I talked a lot to higher power and my sponsor. I needed their coaching, their feedback, encouragement on what's best for Bev and higher power. I also needed to be reminded to take it easy and to go slow and to try and be patient because I'm a very impatient person. Um, that has its advantages, but it mostly has disadvantages, believe me. An attitude of humility is helpful because it holds me up during those difficult times, the frustration when I can't change, when I keep slipping, um, the frustration and not being able to change overnight. I try to build uh, patience step-by-step step through time and practice and gratitude. You know, when I was making up these notes and I was thinking about gratitude and what my approach to gratitude is, I think it's a humble form of celebration because whenever I feel grateful, I feel celebratory. I feel whoopee, you know, and uh, gratitude can kind of get me through things if I think I'm on my way at least. Um, lastly, just a couple of technical tips that I kind of brainstormed around behavioral change because this is step seven for me is about behavioral change. Um, for me, behavioral change is like learning a new dance step or something. It's almost physical. Um, you have five more minutes. Oh, thank you. There's a rhythm to it. Um, you need an instructor. My instructor is higher power and sponsor and friends. Like there's some guidance tools. There's the tools of recovery. There's literature. There are meetings, all of which help. One of the most important part is setting goals um, where for me, what I'm trying to do is change a behavior. So I'm trying to imagine what that behavior is gonna look like after it's changed uh, compared to the old. So I have to imagine what that's gonna look like. I have to imagine the substitution of a new behavior for the old. I have to imagine myself listening with empathy. I have to imagine myself 
not preaching, but listening. I have to imagine myself asking for advice, asking for help, asking higher power. I have to imagine myself praying when I need to. I have to imagine myself checking reality because I'm so afraid of reality. I'm afraid of what that bank reconciliation statement's going to say uh, and so forth. So I have to practice imagining this uh, in order to get the truth and to stop hiding in fear. Actually, practice, practice, practice really is does make it better. Um, one of the things I do is I try out new behaviors with friends and family. I mean, when you think about it, they're the ones that are going to be the, the first benefactors of any change I'm going to make because I'm changing doing harm to, to not doing harm. Uh, I have to listen to myself a lot. I have to stop and think about what I'm saying. Um, I try to, I also learning how, and I'm still doing this one a lot, is adopting a stance of availability as I approach a, a discussion, particularly a difficult discussion, like say with my son or something, to, to, to stand in that place of availability to hear and listen, as well as to say from my heart, my authentic self. Um, sharing my challenges in meetings. Sometimes I, I may not identify the exact behavior I'm trying to change, but I might talk about my frustration and um, my, my, at least my willingness to try and change. Spot inventories every time I detect a new character defect coming on, which does happen. I've accumulated some as I've let others go. Um, and doing spot inventories to see what my part is as soon as I figure it out um, uh, about uh, a particular change. And doing this each day, whether I uh, put something on the refrigerator to remind it, just close my eyes and do it and keep imagining is kind of the routine practice, which I think embeds new behavior in my old self. Um, and I pick up the rhythm of it that way, uh, just like dancing. And I love to dance, actually. Uh, progress feeds on itself is another thing I have to remember. Finally, sometimes the change is in disguise. Um, you may have to, I may have to dig deeper to uncover the actual characteristics critical to actual change. For instance, one of my character defects is approval seeking. So I have to sometimes go deeper with that. It's a very amorphous kind of concept. And why am I doing this? What is driving this? So I might get, I might by digging deeper, realize that I'm afraid. I'm afraid of rejection. I'm afraid of neglect, someone neglecting me. Uh, I may be resentful because they're neglecting me. So I have to find out what emotion and what behavior is driving this approval seeking, this sucking up in order to have people not see what's wrong with me. Um, I remember that, I try and remember that uh, my authentic self can actually handle rejection. She can actually handle resentment and fear. She's, she's together. She's got self-esteem and she's strong enough to be able to get through it. Um, healthy self-esteem is obviously the, one of the biggest benefits of these kinds of changes. And so you get stronger and stronger, at least I did. 
the tools of recovery are always a great source of, uh, I think, of change for it to help in change because there are programs and ideas and, uh, you know, get to a meeting. I mean, whatever it is in the tools uh, can be very helpful. Um, the, another thing is that I have to remember that my character defects are really on a spectrum of behavior um, that on one end may be the defect and on the other end may be the kind of behavior I want to change to. So if I take arrogance, which is one of my character defects, one end, the other end might be some kind of healthy confidence. Um, talking it, it, on the other end might be listening empathically. Um, uh, five minutes. Thanks. No, it's it's time. Oh, oh, it's time. Okay, I'll I'll wrap up. I'm right at my my quick summary. Understanding one's assets helps me understand my character defects. And so, in summary, working step seven changed my life basically uh, through the lens of humility and through the steps uh, with my uh, higher power and sponsor. I learned that adopting an attitude of humility would in turn allow my authentic self to come forward in my life. Um, so thank you so much for letting me tell you my version of step seven and what behavioral change might occur. <laughs>